This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. Hello. Hola, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Aloha and shit. (laughs) Yeah, that. You know, like when somebody says aloha on the phone, like, how do you know when it's... (laughs) Do they just start talking all over again? (laughs) How do you know when it's aloha and goodbye? (laughs) Miss Congeniality, if you know, you know. Yeah. So it's episode 59. 59. The mob. <laughs> I'm so excited for this one. <laughs> Get some mafia shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also hump day. It's, it's hump day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in spirit of the mafia, Brittany brought us some Italian treats. Okay. So mm-hmm. I decided... To try something new. Look at us. We're being grown-ups about it. Yep. Trying new shit. Trying new desserts today. (laughs) I ordered from this new little Italian place in Bossier called Bella Sera. And I have had their homemade pastas before, and they're very good. Ooh. They have this uh, tortellini alfredo. It's so good. Okay. And they have, like, calzones and uh, pizza and all kinds of stuff. It's really good. But their homemade pasta is the best. I'm so hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've never had their desserts before. Yeah. So we got cannolis. Yes. And tiramisu. Yeah. And I've never tried either one. And they're both delightful. I think I like the tiramisu better. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I've had tiramisu before, but I've never had a cannoli. They are super sweet. Yeah, this is very sweet. It's got this like creamy, I think it's probably (laughs) cream cheese. Type it's filling. like cream cheese and icing. And there's chocolate or chips cream in cheese it. icing. <laughs> anyway. It's just very rich. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah. A little oh, bit no, of it's, it's definitely good. And then, okay, so. <laughs> so the wine. The wine. So I was going to be cute and get like an Italian dessert wine to right. go with our stuff. And we have this um, grocery store that we lovingly call the Bougie Brookshire's because I think we've talked about it before. Probably so. The, there's Ghetto Brookshire's and there's Bougie Brookshire's. Yes, there is a distinct just a, difference. Yeah, there's just a couple miles away from each other, but worlds <laughs> apart. Are. Worlds apart. But they have a great wine section, and it used to be separated by country. Yes. So you, I went in there. Used to be. So excited to go to Italy. Hell yes. Italy was not there. Okay. There was no Italy. They aren't separated like that anymore. I'm I'm extremely disappointed because I really loved that feature. So I went through a lot of drama and ag- aggravation, and I ended up in the sparkling white dessert wines. <laughs> because and I found that's one where bottle. We go. <laughs> one bottle. One bottle. Hey, you found one. Literally all they had. <laughs> and I'm gonna butcher this. I'm gonna butcher a lot of Italian words. So y'all just be prepared. Oh, for we that. both are. But it's called Verdi Spumanti. Ooh. Produced and bottled in Italy. Yes. They charged me a whole $5.99 for this. Jesus, woman. You breaking the bank over there. I know. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah. I like it. 
I mean, it's almost gone. It's almost gone. It's, it's a good. really pretty bottle, though. Yeah, and and it goes. It does go. It meshes well it together. Counts. Yeah. So there you have it. There's your real Italian treat, as Sheldon on the Big Bang Theory would oh say. My God. <laughs> <laughs> you were that close to interrupting. That 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 close. I saved I was, it. I, I'm gonna do it before the episodes are with. <laughs> oh yeah. Is that oh, a threat yeah. or a promise? Promise, Bobo. <laughs> We didn't even like chit chat. I didn't even ask you how you're doing. How you doing? How you doing? We just jumped right into the hump day treat. I was pretty um, excited about it because it's in my face and I want to eat more of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do notice that you put the tiramisu closer to you. Yeah, no. I'm kind of scared. It was just for the photo. Mm-hmm. It just ended up that way. <laughs> and my case is just first and you just accidentally keep eating all the bites till it's gone. <sighs> Whatever. Mind your business over there. <laughs> anyway. I'm fine. Uh, I mean, I've almost died a few times this week, but I made it here today. Well, I'm super glad you did. No more dying. Okay. Um, how are you? I'm good. I think. I'm- We're really bad at the small talk this week. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's been a very stressful couple look, hours. Look, Mercury's doing its thing. That's all I got to say. There, that's how I am. There you go. Explanation. That's, that's all you need. There you go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, before we get started, uh-huh. go to the socials. Oh, yes. Please do. And follow to look at photos and such on the Facebook and the Instagram and, you know, yada, yada. Those are always fun. Yeah. All the yadas. And then like us and share us with people, too. Spread the word. Ooh, we like it when y'all do that. Spread the word. That is so cool. Much appreciated. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Spread us around like a virus. <laughs> <laughs> Little germs yes. everywhere. Little oddities and curiosities. Yeah. It's fine. And um, spooky stories. We want them. We know you got them. So give it to us. Swing. Swing. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that was Amanda speaking in case you didn't know. Uh... I did not intend for that, but there you go. But here we are. We want to hear your murdery shit and your ghosty shit and your cryptid shit and your witchy shit and all the shits. <laughs> I think I made a disclaimer last time. Does not apply to actual shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We don't <laughs> yeah. want the literal shits. No literal shits. <laughs> God. <laughs> all right so to avoid any more of this train wreck yeah let's, let's just, get started um, let's let's do this let's talk about some mobsters okay okay <laughs> so i chose mine based off of a picture i love that i'm here for it and then when i learned who who the bro was in the picture i was super excited Hell this yes. gives me very much sopranos vibes and i am here for this shit mm, play sopranos Woke up this morning. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> I can hear it. I can't sing it, but I can Mm-mm. hear it. Okay. Right. Something about getting yourself a gun, but I'm not I don't Tony Soprano. I'm not here. I, I, I don't know. Anywho, mm-hmm. I'm going to do, my case is on, <laughs> Albert Anastasia. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. I kept wanting to say Anastasia. It's not Anastasia. I know. <laughs> it just looks like Anastasia. But it's more fun that way. Can it's... we call him Anastasia? No, I'm afraid of him. He's dead and I'm still afraid. Fine. Thousands of people. Fine. Okay. 
So today, I will talk about a man. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> that was so cute. No, do it, do it, do it. First <clears throat> sentence, do it. Today, I will talk about a man who went from a poor, fatherless boy in Italy to New York's most feared gangster, a man so bloodthirsty that he was called Lord High Executioner. Holy shit. <laughs> Albert Anastasio was born Umberto Anastasio, Anastasio, Stasio, Stasio, in Calabria, sure, Italy in 1902. Damn. All right. When he was just 10 years old, his father died, leaving his mother to look after 12 young children. Fuck you, no. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. That's a lot of kids. We're getting a nanny. (laughs) That's a lot of kids. They was Poe. Like, like Sophia Petrillo says one time on the Golden Girls, <laughs> we was Poe. <laughs> he was one of nine sons born to Rafael Anastasio, a railway worker, and Luisa Nomina de Filippi, Karen Filippelli. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was nine boys and three girls. To do the math. Yeah. To spell that out for you. Thank you for putting that together. Anastasia struggled with his mother and siblings to make ends meet. As their situation grew worse, it became clear that the older children would need to venture out in search of work. So, at the age of 15, Anastasia and several of his brothers took work on an Italian freighter bound for New York. Damn. Okay. When the ship docked at the Brooklyn waterfront, the Anastasio boys slipped away quietly, leaving Italy behind for a land of opportunity. Peace out, bitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Okay. But with opportunity. Well, kind of rude. What about What's his gonna... mom and his sisters? No, they're trying to make money to send back to them. Oh, oh. I thought you meant like they just totally dipped out. Oh, well, they dipped out on Italy. Yeah, but not on his But family. I'm sure Italian men love their mothers. I'm, I'm sure. sure their mom knew. That is true. Yeah. But with opportunity came danger. Mm. The boys found work as longshoremen on the very docks they had arrived at and were pulled into the seedy underbelly of the shipping industry where the mob took a heavy hand in daily operations. And allegedly, a cut of the young men's salary uh, was taken by the mob as part of their demand for tribute. Sure. Yeah. You know, protection money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have a picture of the docks just because I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, yeah. So this is just um, a picture of some random dock workers in yeah. the 1920s. It's not for me. I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't. Yeah. I sifted through so many pictures just because I love old pictures like that me anyway. Too. But I thought they were so cool. So that is that is really cool. That's the environment they were working All in. Right. Nice perspective. Yeah. Anastasia's first run-in with the law came in March of 1921 when he participated in a brawl with a fellow dock worker, George Torino. The disagreement turned violent, and Anastasia stabbed Torino. They had a rumble. Yeah. Bring it on. I was not... Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) You're thinking bring it on. I'm thinking like... (laughs) Fucking West Side Story or something like that. And you're like, bring it on. We may have to have a rumble. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Awesome. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, totally freak me yeah. out. I mean, right on. <laughs> Taurus, sure. Never what. Okay. Okay. So, if you're done, you done? Maybe. He killed the guy. 
He killed Torino. Well, that's not good. He didn't just stab him. He killed him. Okay. So for the murder, Anastasia was arrested and sentenced to death. It was then while in Sing Sing. stabbing? Yeah, boo. He killed somebody. I know, but you don't get sentenced to death automatically now. It was 1921. I know. He stabbed somebody. He's totes going to die. Totes. But since we're only a few paragraphs in. You want me to shut up? Is that the look you're giving me? Shh. Ah, just turn my mic off. Fuck you. Uh, don't bitch. tempt me. Don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> it was then while in Sing Sing. <laughs> I can't say that properly ever. Nope, I'm keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> he changed his name from Umberto Anastasio to Albert Anastasio to spare his family the shame. So he knew that they were going to be ashamed of him, you know, being a criminal and shit. So he changed his name. That's very thoughtful. And there, from his lowest point, the new Albert Anastasia began to rise. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you today? (laughs) What is happening? Told you my brain is fried. Somebody come get your friend. Anastasia's cool calm and aptitude for violence in prison brought him to the attention of Jimmy the Shiv De Stefano, the death house barber of Sing Sing. Okay. I feel like I've heard the Shiv before. Was that in my bartender case? Remember my (laughs) case about um, the unkillable guy where they like tried so many times? I think that was one of the guys in on the case. I think that was one of his nicknames. So that must be a popular nickname. The shiv. It was something like that. (laughs) Well. Surely it's not the same person. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. There's no way to know. We're just going to assume they are. Let's just assume they are. Okay. Okay. Jimmy sent word to up-and-coming mob boss Lucky Luciano, who was resistant to the conservative notions of the old mafia, especially that associates should be Sicilian and have a strong resume of criminal enterprises in Italy before joining up in the U.S. You have to at least have killed five people. <laughs> there were so many rules. <laughs> so, like, the the old ways mm-hmm. were where you had to come directly from fucking Sicily. Picture it, Sicily, 1902. All right. You had to come directly from Sicily... You had to already be a criminal in good standing (laughs) with the mobsters in Sicily before you could join the mob in the U.S. (laughs) Crazy, right? And Lucky Luciano was like, let's just let all the criminals in because this is stupid. So, yeah, he didn't like those ways and he he wanted to change it. No, I believe there should be a a standard there. Criminals are criminals are criminals. I know, but you need to have one that knows what the hell they're doing so they don't get caught and they don't rat you out. Also need to have scapegoats. Yeah, keep a couple of them stupid ones close by. Well, (laughs) you might need them later. Okay. (laughs) Touche. Like I know what I'm talking about. Jeez. (laughs) I don't know. Do you? I don't know. It's unclear whether Luck or Luciano did the most to save Albert Anastasia from an early grave. Mm-hmm. One year into Anastasia's prison stay, his lawyer managed to get him a retrial on illegal technicality. Gotta okay. love those. By the time Anastasio showed up in court again, four of the prosecution's witnesses had disappeared. Shocker. <laughs> and mind you, he was not in the mob yet. 
Oh, he, he was had, just affiliated. He had. He was not even affiliated. He oh. had just impressed the Jimmy the Shiv, who told okay, okay. Lucky Luciano like they wanted him, but he was not part of the mob yet. Okay. So, so did this give him like another point for his resume? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Albert Anastasia was free again, but he had developed a taste for living outside the law. Yeah. He quickly became involved in the International Longshoremen's Association, a hub for racketeering and murder. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. <laughs> God. <laughs> yep. And that he did. <laughs> he went to prison again in 1923 for illegal possession of a firearm and when he was freed two years later, it was to make his debut in Brooklyn's Mafia under Giuseppe Joe the Boss Masseria. Okay. So that's who the boss was at the time. All right. Giuseppe. Mm-hmm. But Anastasia's loyalty, it soon became clear, was to Lucky Luciano, who was planning to overthrow the old order and start a more inclusive criminal enterprise, mm-hmm. something that could partner with the Jewish and Irish syndicates for larger scale projects. Anastasia presented himself to Luciano as muscle, an assassin who can ensure his rise to the top. Hmm. So he's like, I got you, bro. Yeah. You want to overthrow that dude? I Let's got you. Let's go. Mm-hmm. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Who's driving? Whose car are we going to take? <laughs> Whose car are we going to take? <laughs> he built a reputation as one of the mob's most feared killers. Mm. You want to see a picture? Yes. All right. This one's titled Younger Al. This is what he looked like in his younger days. All right. Oh, the hair. Uh-huh. Oh, honey. Perfectly coiffed. Yes. <laughs> and, dude, man, I didn't include a picture. One side of his face doesn't match the other side of his face. <laughs> most, <laughs> most people's faces don't match. Yeah, but, like, not at all. One eyebrow is much different it, it than is. the other. It is. different. Okay. Mine are like that unless I draw them, right? <laughs> well, he only did one that day. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Look, I've got one that's straighter than the other. Yeah, but at least one isn't drawn and the other's magical. <laughs> they both look the same. Look, they don't have to be twins. They just have to be sisters. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> I was on a makeup tutorial I watched a long time ago about eyebrows. <laughs> They don't have to be twins. They just have have to to be be sisters. sisters. Oh, my God. I'm learning so much stuff today. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay. So, there's some side views of him, though. And I should have included one, and I didn't. There's some side views. That schnoz is monumental. (laughs) Ma'am, it sticks out so far. It it sticks out so far. I I feel so bad. (laughs) That's what she said. I interrupted Britney's. <laughs> I swallowed it. <laughs> okay. And I went down the hatch. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Anywho, Anastasia was a member of Murder Incorporated, the kill for hire crew that worked for Charlie Lucky Luciano and others through the years of prohibition. Anastasia was, according to reports, one of the four men in 1931 who assassinated Joe the Boss in the bloody gang rivalry known as the Casa Mallory's War. G- Castella, what? that wasn't right. Castella, <laughs> Castella Maurice. There Castella. you go. Yeah. Stella. 
like a Stella Marie's war. <laughs> that. He proved his worth when Luciano lured Masseria to a restaurant. Anastasia, accompanied by several associates, walked in and gunned down the famous mob leader, ending his reign and making room for a new generation of mafiosos. Anastasia was determined to play an important role in the New World Order. In the bloody decade that followed, Anastasia rose through the ranks of the mafia by making his name a synonym for murder. Okay. (laughs) Wahaha. A synonym for murder. Murder. <laughs> His three accomplices in the hit, according to some reports, were Benjamin Bugsy Siegel, okay, Frank Costello, mm-hmm. and Vito Genovese. Oh, the all, Genovese. Mm-hmm. Damn, all right. All who went on to famous or infamous careers in mm-hmm. organized crime. The quartet reportedly were operating under orders of Luciano, who, within a violent year, rose to the top of the five families and rewarded Anastasia with the number two position in his crime family oh. under Vincent Mangano. Oh, shit. So he, oh, he so, was way up there. Lucky Luciano was big boss man over the five families. Right. Then Vincent Mangano was the head of one of those families, and he was his number two. He was Mangano's number two. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Anastasia's business card mentioned him as a sales executive. <laughs> oh, he had a business card. Mm-hmm. We have business cards. I know. Many historians dispute the convenience of four of the most well-known American mobsters in history being involved in the Masseria murder. No arrests were ever made in the case. Hmm. Anastasia had been charged in three murders, one in 1928, one in 1932, and in 1933. Well, he's a serial killer. But in each case, witnesses either disappeared or refused to testify. Hmm. Two other high-level mob informants, both under police custody, died before their testimony helped bring Anastasia to trial in 1941 and 1942. Reportedly, Anastasia is responsible for the death of hundreds. Yeah, I must say that's a little sus. Mm-hmm. Just a tad. Mm-hmm. Those people got dealt with. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. During World War II, Anastasia joined the U.S. Army. Oh, good. He also helped put together the deal that eventually allowed Luciano, then serving a life sentence for multiple prostitution-related convictions, (laughs) to get out of prison and go into exile in Italy in exchange for keeping the New York City docks free of wartime Nazi infiltration. So he joined the army and he said, okay, I'm going to keep all these docks (laughs) safe from the Nazis, but you got to let Lucky out of prison and send him back to Italy. There you go. Let's make a deal. Anastasia worked for the army training longshoremen on the East Coast. In 1943, he received U.S. citizenship for his military service, and he was honorably discharged from the Army in 1944. Wow. Okay. That was a... He went from being a stowaway, (laughs) running away from Italy, to... I guess he wasn't a stowaway. He was working on the ship. He just took off. Yeah. But he became a citizen. I mean, they kind of had to, since they let him be in the Army. Yeah. He's fighting for your country, sort of. I mean, it'd be on paper. Up to <laughs> on deny paper, that. he's fighting for your country. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, we're not going to say what he really does. Yeah. Albert Anastasia had reached heights nearly unimaginable for a poor railman's son. He lorded over an enormous estate in Fort Lee, New Jersey. 
The stucco and tile mansion had sprawling views of New York while maintaining its distance. A peaceful oasis in the city. I have a picture of the mansion. Okay, cool, because that sounds very um, intriguing. Um, There's a lot of pictures. There's pictures of what it looks like now, but I chose one, an old picture. Okay. And And it's (gasps) glorious. Dude, you can't even tell by this picture just how big it is. There's an aerial view one. Like, it's like one of those big, giant, sprawling Beverly Hills mansions. It is ginormous. I'm in. Yeah. Just from this front view, I'm in. Yeah. God, that's pretty. Mm-hmm. With the circle drive and the fountain. Mm-hmm. Is that a fountain? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But. Oh, there's a but. Like the man, the mansion hit a soul of violence. Mm. There were false walls, rumored Ooh. tunnels. Ooh. And ominous basement rooms with drains in the floor oh. for quote-unquote dressing deer. Oh, my God. That makes me want to go even more. <laughs> makes me want to go more. I, want to, I, I have always wanted to be Get in a house up. that had false walls. Oh, my God. And tunnels. I know. I want to go play in the Winchester Mansion. I want all the things. I just want to explore it and see where everything goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you'll get lost. And then creepy mm. things will start happening. I'm going to drop you a pin everywhere I go. <laughs> we can make a movie about that. Oh. That would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Trademark. <laughs> <laughs> My look, there's probably already a movie like that. But it doesn't have us. Mm, there you go. Mm-hmm. Umberto Jr., the gangster's son, once warned reporters not to stand too close to the estate's fences, saying, quote, don't put your foot in there. The dogs will bite it off. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Post-war, a long-simmering dispute between Anastasia and Mangano erupted into open conflict. In 1948, Anastasia purchased a factory in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, and gave his brother Anthony the control of his waterfront activities. Anastasio had earned the animosity of his boss, Mangano, because of his associations with Luciano and Costello. So Mangano was, uh, he was jealous. Okay. Because... Albert was friends with higher ups than him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that. Yeah, so he felt threatened. Yeah, calm down over there, Karen. Uh huh. Okay. In 1951, Vincent Mangano went missing permanently, nope. and his brother, Philip Mangano, <laughs> was found shot to death on a New York area beach. Well, you see, we're getting mm-hmm. <laughs> jealousy <Yeah>. involved. <laughs> Take shit. Okay. While never indicted for the murders, Anastasia was widely believed to have been responsible. With those deaths, Anastasia assumed control of the family. Costello, on behalf of the commission. <laughs> I love this shit. This is some Sopranos fucking shit. I love it. It is. Costello, on behalf of the commission, named Anastasia the leader of the Mangano family, which then came to be known as the Anastasia crime family. Holy shit. So I have a picture of an older owl. <laughs> Moving on up. And I'm here for this. Oh my god, I love this. You can photo. really see the schnoz in it. Yes, you can. It's quite you prominent. Lying. It's yes it is. But he's got the hat and the cigarette hanging out of his mouth and the suit and the arms crossed. Mm-hmm. He's just he's definitely got the tough guy vibe. Going. Uh-huh. Oh, this is that is fantastic. That is yeah. classic gangsta. Yeah, great picture. Love it. Anastasia's good fortune came to an abrupt end in nineteen fifty two. 
when he was targeted by the government for denaturalization due to discrepancies with his names as well as crimes and misdemeanors. So they wanted to, like, they were like, okay, I don't think you're a citizen because you got all these different names and you keep doing bad shit. You keep doing hood rat shit with your friends. What's wrong with that? Well, um, the government doesn't like that. He even followed an Al Capone's government-issued jumpsuit when he was charged with tax evasion. <laughs> Exhibit A was a mock-up and blueprints of the sprawling estate, incriminating the man who claimed no income for years. Damn. While he was battling it out in court, the Genovese crime family began to plot against him, <laughs> cozying a... Cozying up to Anastasia's capo, Carlo Gambino. So, Carlo Gambino was Anastasia's second in command. Yep. And one of the other five families, the Genovese family, started being buddy-buddy with Gambino. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the drama. Yep. At that point, Anastasia was allied with the new overall leader of the commission, Frank Costello, but Costello was facing a rebellion from the boss of one of the five families, Vito Genovese. Yeah, you don't want to mess with them. So, just to backtrack a smidgen, Lucky Luciano had to go back to Italy. Okay. So, Frank oh, Costello yeah. was the head of the five families now. But Genovese okay. didn't like Costello, and he didn't like Anastasia. Okay. So, they were cozying up to Gambino, Anastasia's second in command. Plotting, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It was nefarious. <laughs> <laughs> Genovese had the support of other mobsters, such as Meyer Lansky, and even an underboss of Anastasio's own organization, the aforementioned Carlo Gambino. Uh-huh. In 1957, Genovese moved against Costello, who was wounded in a shooting. Whoops. Mm-hmm. It was a clear sign that the tide was finally turning against him, but Anastasio, caught up in his own troubles and confident in his control... Miss the warning signs. <laughs> Too confident to see the flags, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On October 25th, 1957, Albert Anastasio was chauffeured from his cliffside home into the city to visit his barber at the Park Sheraton Hotel in Manhattan. His, oh. his bodyguard left to take a walk around the block. Oh, no. Good sir. <laughs> what, are, what am I paying you for? You had one job. You don't let your bodyguard take a walk. No. Anyhow, okay, he was in on it, I'm sure. Probably. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. As Anastasio sat facing the mirror, two masked assassins stormed into the shop and fired ten shots at the stunned mob boss who, confused and disoriented, attempted to rush his killers but ended up crashing into the mirror instead. Yeah. His assailants left him for dead and disappeared into the city. They were never identified, and to this day, mob lore is unclear on who ordered and carried out the hit. Because that's the way they do that shit. Yeah, but you know what? You know who did it? You know who? Mm-hmm. It was the Genovese family, for fuck's sake. I know. <laughs> you don't know who did it. Y'all okay. ought to be ashamed of yourself. But they can't prove it. Yeah. The image of Anastasia's lifeless body, covered in towels on the barbershop floor, stunned the public. Shut up! And here for you is the picture that made me choose this case. Yes! It says barbershop. Okay. Oh my God, I love That's you. That's a dead body. Yeah, it is. Covered in barbershop towels. Yep. And a bunch of police standing oh. around. Oh my God. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. But there's all different kinds of angles and shit. That is great. 
Yeah. But I like that one because you can see all the police. Yeah. That is a really good one. And tastefully done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the brutal murder became iconic in mob history, an example of the violent interfamily wars of the 1950s. Carlo Gambino, the boss of the Gambino crime family, mm-hmm. proclaimed to succeed Anastasia at the Appalachian meeting. So I guess that was the meeting of the five families held on November 14th, 1957. Anastasia's death marked the end of a nearly 30-year reign that made him one of the deadliest criminals in U.S. history. Wow. His legacy lives on in the Gambino crime family, who rose to prominence as the most powerful crime syndicate in the country on his bloody shoulders. Yeah. The Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn refused to sanction a church burial for Anastasia. Uh so he was entombed in the Greenwood Cemetery in Greenwood Heights. Yeah. I have a picture of his gravesite. Okay. Ooh. But it's just a little teeny, teeny little rectangle headstone. Says Anastasio, 1902, Umberto, 1957. Wow. Yeah, it's not much, huh? Yeah. No, no little mm-hmm. quote or anything down nothing. there? Nothing. Nothing. They gave him nothing. They could have at least put his nickname. I know, right? The Lord High Executioner. Right. Uh. <laughs> Why would you not? God. I'd be pissed. He earned it. I'd be pissed. I killed thousands of people and all I get is this fucking rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> There's space down there to write something else. Hello. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Anastasia was married to Elsa Barnesi. Oh, okay. And they had two sons and two daughters together. <laughs> now, I found a picture of the family, but it's like... Then when they were young, and there's only two kids included. Okay. But this is him and Elsa and two of his children. A son, and I don't know if that's a son or daughter, but... I don't know. But she's got fabulous I 40s love, hair. Yeah. I love the hair. It's that World War Two hair. Girls. I love mm-hmm. it. Good looking family. Mm-hmm. Former boxer and actor Jack O'Halloran claims to be Anastasia's illegitimate son. Okay. I didn't dig into that because... um Eh, eh, but it's apparently fine. he probably has some bastard children out there. I mean, <laughs> um, there's probably a 98% chance on that one. There's a 98% chance. <laughs> there you go. That it's raining. That it's already raining. <laughs> <laughs> The barbershop chair Anastasia was shot on was auctioned off. In February 2012, it went to the Mob Museum in Las Vegas for display. Hell and I have yeah. a picture of it on display. Okay. In the Mob Museum, it says chair. Chair. Mm-hmm. Well, it's nice and clean. There's no blood on There's it. There's no blood on it. I'm disappointed. No spatter. <laughs> Whatever. Well, I mean, ew. <laughs> it would have made it better. Ew. Okay. Ew. Then how do we know that's the actual chair? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. That could have been any chair. There's no proof. I want some DNA. Okay, I'm with you then. Uh-huh. I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. Okay. The fictional character, Johnny Friendly, from the 1954 <laughs> movie, oh, yeah? On the Waterfront, played by Lee J. Cobb. Sounds is like a porn. I'm just... <laughs> on the Waterfront? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll give you the character name of Johnny Friendly, but on the waterfront well, does not sound add like those a two porn. Together. Yeah, on the waterfront. What kind of shit you be watching? Sex on the beach. It do, but it don't say sex on the beach. It, it says it on the waterfront. To, it's a porn. And it's on the waterfront. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't. 
I can't. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> You've got one sentence. Come anyway, on. <laughs> that character is loosely based on Anastasia. Gianni Russo portrayed him in the 1975 movie Lepke. Okay. And Gary Pastore was cast as Anastasia in the 2019 movie The Irishman. That was a good movie. I've never seen it. It's long as hell. That's it. That's my case. That was freaking good. That's all I got. Thank you very much. That was fantastic. I love it. I love it. Phenomenal. Thank you. Sensational job. Thank you. (gasps) (laughs) And the crowd goes wild. (laughs) (laughs) As you're all eye-rolling me right now. (laughs) It's fine. It was probably more towards me. It's, It's what it is. It is what it is. All right. Well, mine... Um, okay, look, there, there's a lot of, um, mob cases to choose from and I got a little overwhelmed. (laughs) I couldn't narrow it down. And then I came across this article from NPR.com and, uh, I like it. I have a thing about nicknames. Mm -hmm. So here's some nicknames for y'all. Okay. How they got them and what crimes they did. Okay. So here we go. I'm excited. Here for this. Um, the title of it is Cadillac Frank, Ice Pick Willie, and the Nicknames of American Mobsters. Ice Pick Willie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So Francis Cadillac Frank Salime. Uh, let's go ahead and look at a picture. Okay. So you can put a face to uh, who I'm talking about. Cadillac Frank. Cadillac Frank. Um, he's the one all the way on the left. Okay. With the black, well, I'd say with the black shirt on, but. <laughs> with, with the thumbs up? With the thumbs up. With the thumbs up. That's. All right. Uh, yeah. All I could find. I actually did try to find a, like a close up picture of him. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find one. Because they're sneaky bastards. I know. So he was found guilty of killing a South Boston nightclub owner 29 years ago. Yeah, I did the math. I changed it. <laughs> I did. I actually did it this time. Aren't you proud? <laughs> I am proud. <laughs> the conviction marks the end of the half-century war on organized crime that was started by Attorney General Robert Kennedy. Okay. The former New England mafia boss had long been su- suspected of the murder, but was not charged until the nightclub owner's remains were dug up in Providence, Rhode Island in 2016. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cadillac Frank is just one of the famously nicknamed mobsters of the 20th century. Mobsters acquire nicknames from many different places, reporters, cops, friends, etc. Some enjoy the nicknames and others, like Cadillac Frank, are not such big fans. (laughs) Salime got his nickname Cadillac Frank from working at an auto body shop in Boston where he specialized fixing up Cadillacs. Well, that makes sense. not very, you know... Imaginative, but whatever. Mm-hmm. It tracks. But former WBUR crime reporter David Boeri, that's my best guess, um, cites another explanation for Salime's nickname in a 2016 interview with WPRI-TV. Okay. According to Boeri, Salime had a friend at, Cadillac's, at a Cadillac dealership who would key and scrape every 30th or 40th new car coming off the truck. 
Mm-hmm. Salime would buff out the damage and resell the car for a lower price. Okay. Uh-huh. Boeri said Salime did not like Cadillacs and drove BMWs, <laughs> one of which he was driving when he survived an assassination attempt in 1989. Yikes. So here's some more nicknames. Okay. Al Scarface Capone. Mm-hmm. May have heard of him. <laughs> yeah. Once or twice. I have a photo of him. Okay. Man, the brows. <laughs> There's one. Every time. There's yeah, no brows. The brow. The brow. <laughs> Every time. But man, mm-hmm. I mean, I know Dude, he's just a badass. But wax can, can that we, shit just... out. It's like uh, one wax just, strip. It bugs me so bad. Like, it would it save would, his life. One and done. Mm-hmm. One and done. One wax it, strip. It would. So easy. Such mm-hmm. an easy fix. I can't. Yeah. It's not cute. Um, Capone, one of the most notorious gangsters in the United States, was the co-founder and boss of the Chicago Outfit. His nickname stems from an incident that happened while he was working the door at a Brooklyn nightclub. Capone inadvertently insulted a woman and was then slashed in the face by her brother, Frank Galusio. Okay. Capone hated the nickname and when photographed would hide the scarred side of his face saying the scars were war wounds. <laughs> okay. But he died of cardiac arrest in 1947. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Albert TikTok Tannenbaum. Okay, I'm here for all of that. Yes. Photo. TikTok. It says TikTok. Okay. Yeah, so there he is on the left. Um, sharp looking dude. Look at that schnoz. Yeah, but he's got the style and to the, the T. He's got a little shit eating grin too. Yeah, he but does. yeah, I'm digging. I'm digging the suit jacket <laughs> and and the hat. I'm here for that. It's like he was looking around, buttoning up his coat, and happened mm-hmm. to see a camera. And he goes, "Oh, <laughs> cheese, motherfuckers!" <laughs> <laughs> Smile for the camera. Tannenbaum was a hitman for Murder Inc., the enforcement arm of the Italian American Mafia Jewish mob. And other organized crimes around New York. We just talked about them. Yeah. <laughs> After World War One, Tannenbaum began working at a resort in upstate New York that was owned by his father and frequented by Manhattan's Jewish mobsters. His name TikTok was given to him by Jacob Shapiro because of his ceaseless clock-like nervous banter. He looks like he'd be constantly talking shit. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Just, just a real hey, da 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 da, da, da j- bruh. Would have you? to fill the quiet space. Uh huh. Shapiro controlled industrial labor racketeering for twenty years in New York and established Murder Inc., which Tannenbaum would later join. Tannenbaum died in nineteen seventy six. Well, all right. Next, we have Israel Ice Pick Willie Alderman. Okay. Alderman was a mob enforcer in Minneapolis, Minnesota. They got mobsters in Minnesota? Apparently. Okay. (laughs) During the mid-20th century, he garnered the nickname Ice Pick Willie by murdering people using using an ice pick to stab them through the eardrum. Oh, fuck off. Puncturing the brain and leaving no sign of foul play during autopsies. They obviously aren't looking close enough. Okay. Alderman claimed to have committed 11 ice pig murders at the speakeasy he owned in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. The victims would slump over the bar, appearing to be drunk, and he would drag the bodies out with no questions asked. Okay. (laughs) 
Okay, this is some fucked up shit. They've just had too much to drink, and he's taking them out to the curb, you know? All right. Alderman later became a Las Vegas casino investor and manager. Great, more bodies. Okay. And he eventually went to prison for tax evasion. That's what they all end up getting caught up with. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Careless. Yeah. See, that's why Tony Soprano, he dealt in waste management. Smart. And he had the bada bing. Bada boom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Next. Oh, God. Anthony Big Tuna. (laughs) Uh, Or Joe Batters, a cardo. Okay. Picture. Big Tuna. (laughs) Big Tuna. Okay. (laughs) All right. But. Look. Look. <laughs> he should be called Sardine. Look at him. He's so tiny. Big tune of my ass. <laughs> All right. All right. So Big Tuna. Big Tuna. Was boss of the Chicago outfit and is credited with greatly increasing the power and wealth of the group during his, his eight decade involvement. Eight decades. Good sir. Yeah. During Prohibition, because that's how old he is, Yeah, he received his first nickname, Joe Batters. Hey, bada bada. <laughs> so we So we batter. He used a baseball bat to murder three oh, mobsters <laughs> who betrayed the outfit. Okay, so Al Big Capone. Tuna's a badass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, 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 it's a lot in a small package. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a grower, not a shower. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Fuck. All right. All right. So that dude, Al Capone, mm-hmm. allegedly said, Boy, this kid's a real Joe Batters. I mean, that's kind of cool to get your nickname from Al, Al Capone. Capone. Yeah, that's the one I would use. Yeah. Not Tuna. I know. I like Big Tuna. (laughs) The second nickname, Big Tuna, was instituted by Chicago newspapers when he was famously photographed with a giant tuna he caught during a fishing expedition. He could hold up a tuna. (laughs) Um, Maybe it was like on a rope and it... You would, he would I, look at the man. It looks like he would just <laughs> <laughs> just topple over sideways. Okay, he had somebody helping him. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his he died in 1992, um, and of his death, Robert R. Fusel, Fusel, sure, Fusel, ex- executive director of the Chicago Crime Commission. I tried to combine all three of those words in one. Remarked that the Capone era had finally come to an end. Since the last one bit the dust. Yep. Another one bites the dust. Hey, hey. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I am tonight. I'm, I don't either. <laughs> next. <laughs> okay. Is Donald the Wizard of Odds. Angelini. Oh <laughs> Angelini was a member of the Chicago outfit as well and operated a highly successful sports betting empire. Okay. Mm -hmm. He later became the outfit's enforcer in Las Vegas, tasked with protecting the organization's illegal casino profits. Okay. 
like we didn't already know about that. I mean, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Angelini's nickname comes from his gambling skills and his work in the betting world. He was known for being well-spoken with a pleasant smile. Good for you. Ain't no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Right. In 1989, Angelini was sentenced to 37 months in prison on gambling charges from an ongoing operation, and he died in 2000. Okay. The Wizard of Odds. (laughs) That's so lame. (laughs) The Wizard of Odds. I mean, come on. I mean, I like it, but... It's too much. It's too much. It's not... too long. It's It's no Big Tuna. It's It's no Big big Tuna. tuna. Or the next one coming up. I love the next one. <laughs> I know. Joseph Joe Bananas Bonano. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. There's a picture. Okay. Of Joe Bananas. Okay. It says Joe Bananas. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. <laughs> they're not Joe Bananas. they my bananas. <laughs> On his way to court. <laughs> All right. Leaving federal court. He looked happy, though. Leaving the court. It must have gone in his favor. Either that or he's plotting Mm -hmm. on how to get back. It looks like he's, like, circling his hands. Why are you doing your evil villain thing? Because that's what it looks like he's doing. Like, he's in the... the, I thought it looked like he was touching his face. Like, oh, these motherfuckers are going down. See, I see where you see that. I I thought he was just doing, like, the thumb on the chin thing. I don't know. (laughs) There's it no way to know. To me, he's plotting. <laughs> Bonanno was a Sicilian-born American who became the boss of the Bonanno crime family. He was nicknamed Joe Bananas by the newspapers as a reference to both his name and their perception of his mental state. <laughs> as a result, the entire Bonanno family was sometimes referred to as the Bananas family. <laughs> That's great. And the fight between the five families in New York City from 1964 to 1968 was titled The Banana War. <laughs> That's great. Everybody just slinging bananas. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay. That, that sounded dirty. Yeah, it did. Uh, See, that could be a porn. It's the, Banana War. The, <laughs> <laughs> I like that one better. (laughs) Banana war on the water. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is a bunch of dudes on a nude beach. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch that. I don't want it. No. No. With their banana hammocks. (laughs) No. No. Quickly regretting my praise. (laughs) Take it back. Okay. I'm moving on. So Banano hated the name, the nickname, of course, and much preferred Don Peppino. Where the fuck does that come from? Drawn from his original Italian name, mm. but he died in two thousand two of heart failure. So, so they ain't calling you shit. <laughs> I'm calling you shit, bro. <laughs> okay, I cannot. <laughs> Joseph Joey Brains Ambrosino. Okay. Ambrosino was a member of the per- what? Persicio? Persico. 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 Persico? Sure. I don't know. My brain in, was in trying to add like an extra eye in there. So the a member of the Persico faction 
who got his nickname while a cop was chasing him through Brooklyn, according to 2007 testimony by mob informant Larry Matza. <laughs> Matza, Matza. Isn't that like, anyways. Mozzarella. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's where it came from. I've heard that somewhere before. Anyway, uh, the cop was running after him for using a fake credit card. With the cop right behind him, he ran into the local mob hangout, <laughs> the Wimpy Boys <laughs> Social Club. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't. Is that a cover? <laughs> Why is that a thing? Let's name it this. They'll never suspect us here. <laughs> the Wimpy Boys Social, Social Club. Club. Were they hanging and it was out a mob with Joe hangout. Bananas at the New Beach? What Were they... <laughs> I don't understand. Mm-mm. Nope. Um. <laughs> this and other occasions led to Ambrosino's reputation as not so bright. Hmm. <laughs> Ambrosino later violated mafia protocol. Ooh, he was a bad boy. <laughs> when he instructed his wife to gather up all of their guns... And put them on the neighbor's porch. Because <laughs> that's not that's not obvious. traceable at all. Yeah. Of fearing the cops were going to search his home. This resulted in a plot to murder his mother. That's how, all there is there. I need more. I, I don't know. This is kind of like one of those where um, what is you happening? had it to end like for more. <laughs> Turn my ghost say boo. Yes. For more Halloween sweet treats. <laughs> I want to know about the plot to murder his mother. That may be my 2.0 case. There you go. That might be it. All right. So there's a lot of nose things in here. I, they maybe got, it's because of the schnozzes. Like, they got prominent noses. It's too. T- true. Too. Too. Too true. It's too true. It's too true, bro. <laughs> Next, we have John Jackie Nose D'Amico. I do have a picture of this one. Okay. I want to see the nose. (laughs) I'm going to show you the nose. So there's Jack on the left. Oh, my God. Oh, my nose. Oh, my nose. Mm -hmm. I like his tie, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, is he going to court, or is that, like, business casual for his vacation with the floral tie? Well, reading the caption down below the picture, it says that alleged mob figures Jack D'Amico and Joe DeCiso, DeCico, anyways, outside Brooklyn Federal Court, where uh, John Gotti was on trial. So, maybe they were just there to support like We're here support. for you, friend. <laughs> we got you, boo. No, they was being nosy. They went, they went to see what was going on, see what they could do and get away with. Who knows what about who? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. exactly what they were doing. Yep. He was a street boss for the Gambino family. May have heard of them. Um, before becoming acting boss of the family when John Gotti his, and his son, Junior Gotti, were investigated by the federal government. According to a mob informant, the... What did I say? D'Amico. D'Amico received his nickname because he had rhinoplasty to change what the informant said was a big, distorted nose. Yeah. (laughs) 
D'Amico was not fond of the nickname. He was released from prison in 2012 after serving time for several offenses. Don't know what they were. So he's just out in the world. He's just out in the world. Jackie knows. Jackie knows. All right. Shit. I hope he's not listening. Anyways. Oh, no. Because that's totally butchered in the name. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) That was right on the nose. (laughs) Please don't fire us. (laughs) Please don't fire us. Louis, Louis, ha ha, Louis, ha ha, ha ha. Oh my god, that's great. great. (laughs) Atanasio, yeah, Junior. Um, he was a reputed captain in the Bonanno family who took part in the murder of Bonanno soldier. Caesar Bonventre. Yeah. Bonventre's body was hacked into pieces and placed in three 55-gallon drums in a New Jersey warehouse. Upon the body's recovery, it took forensic technicians three months to identify it. Yikes. And a ton at whatever. Atanasio. <laughs> ha ha. Earned his nickname, <laughs> Louis Ha Ha, because he was known to laugh every time he heard of a murder. Oh my God! <laughs> it's oh my you, God, you're it's Louis Ha Ha! We'll just call you Mandy Ha Ha. <laughs> don't that, call me. I'm not, don't call me Mandy. That's your mob mi- nickname. I'm not Mandy. Don't call me Mandy. You don't have to like it. I don't. God, they didn't like him either, did they? You don't you have to me. like it. I don't like Mandy! I didn't ask you. That's your mom nickname. I'm giving it to Look, you right I now. I like the name Mandy, but I don't like it for me. Well, your mom no, nickname. No hatred towards Mandy's. Is M- Mandy Ha Ha or... Mandy Manders Ha Ha? No, that's no, not it. It's like, got to be Mandy Ha Ha. Mandy Ha Ha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Her little tuna. <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> I'll take Mandy Ha Ha. Wanna be Little Tuna? Why the fuck would you call me Little Tuna? <laughs> Wait, because I was thinking about Big Tuna, and you can't be Big Tuna. That was taken. Yeah, that was totally taken. <laughs> <laughs> little Tuna just wouldn't make sense. <laughs> you don't want to be Tuna at all. <laughs> no, no. And so that's the only options you had. Now you have to be Mandy Ha. Why are those the only options I have? That's a little. Selfish. I was nice enough to give you options. That's a fucked up option. (laughs) That's like, hey. I W Mandy Ha Ha. (laughs) You want to eat this ice cream cone that fell in the dirt? Or (laughs) do you want to lick this sweaty asshole over here? (laughs) It's always ice cream in the dirt. The answer to that is always ice cream in the dirt. (laughs) I'm going to go with ice cream in the dirt. That's not fair. You're right. Mandy, ha ha. Okay. Uh, I got one sentence left on that one. Okay. (laughs) Tell me more. Just in case you're wondering, he was sentenced to 15 years in prison as part of a plea agreement for the 1984 Bonventre murder. And he was released in 2017. Why? Why are we just letting murderers walk around? What is happening? Because it's the 2000s and that's what we do. Oh, my fuck. (laughs) All right. 
you buy weed and you're in jail for the rest of your life. Right, but we let the murderers and rapists and okay. stuff go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Luigi, baby shacks. <laughs> baby cakes. <laughs> I really wish it was baby cakes. <laughs> Menocchio. Minocchio? Minocchio. And Minocchio. Minocchio. Now that I say it out loud, that's... Okay, I got a picture of Baby Shacks. All right. <laughs> he looks... Love Shack. Like a baby, baby man. Love Shack. <laughs> okay. Ten row. Rusted. Love Shack. It's part of the song. I know, that just... I didn't expect that to come from anywhere. <laughs> I was like, why are you looking at me that way? You just sang the song. How do you not know? Because you just like very excitedly sang that part and I didn't expect it to come out. I don't know. It just popped out. Okay, but there's Baby Shacks. There's Baby Shacks. He just looks like a grumpy old man for reals. Yeah. Kind of like a grumpy old gym coach maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I can't. I can't. Well, let's listen to what he actually did. How about that? Yeah, let's do that. Um, He's the former boss of the New England based Patriots. What? Patriarcha? There's no way to know. We're not Italian. So he's the former boss of the of the New England-based <laughs> Patriarch of Crime family. Um, the Providence Journal mistakenly heard from a source that his nickname was Baby Shanks and proceeded to refer to him as so for years. Yep. <laughs> Baby Shanks is better. Shanks. I like Shanks better. Um, his real nickname, the journal later reported, was Baby Shacks. An allusion to two characteristics. Baby was used because he had a baby face while he was young. And Shaxx was used because he had a reputation for shacking up with lots of women. Okay. He pleaded guilty to extortion and after finishing his sentence in 2015, walked free at age 88. So there's all kinds of mobsters they walk Just among Roman us. Just free. They, they are among, among us. And last but not least is Joseph Jr. Lollipops Karna. I'm here for this. Karna was a captain in the Colombo crime family. He worked for the family for more than 30 years with arrests dating back to 1959. His nickname came from his father who owned a restaurant called Lolly's in Brooklyn. Mm. His father was known as Senior Lollipop, and so Karna was nicknamed in accordance. Okay. He was jailed in 2012 for six months and fined $300,000 for money laundering as part of a mob gambling operation. Okay. The end. I like lollipops. I like lollipops. So there you go. There's our mobsters for the week. It was great. It was great. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it's, douchebox. It's time for your douchebox. <laughs> that, that ain't good either. There's there's no graceful way to go into that. There's not. So this episode is coming to you on September fourteenth. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can do it. Bear with me. Okay. Because there's lots of letters with the dots over it. <laughs> oh no! Who can stand off? Sort of. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, here we go. Serial killer, Ozgur Dengiz. Yeah. Yeah. Dingus. D- yeah. <laughs> was apprehended on September 14th, 2007. 
Ozgur Dingiz, <laughs> born 1984, is a Turkish serial killer and cannibal. Captured on September 14th, 2007, in Ankara, he admitted killing two men, attempting to murder another man, and cannibalizing one of his victims. Okay. He is nicknamed... Oh, we're still on nicknames. <laughs> he is nicknamed the Cannibal of Ankara. The end. Well, that wasn't very imaginative either. Mm-mm. Because you know he was a cannibal in Ankara. Yeah. That... But... Y'all need to work on that one. Go back to the table, workshop it a little bit more. There you go. There's There's... Dingus from Dingus. Turkey. Dingus. <laughs> he was a cannibal. <laughs> and a douche. And definite douche. All right. Okay. Well, um, if you liked us, go rate and review. Do that. Rate and review. Don't forget and your spooky stuff. Your spooky shits. Send your spooky shits. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're calling it now. Spooky this shits. Year it's spooky shits. Yes. So do that. Send it in. Yeah. We're not picky about how you send it to us. No. Anyway, it's fine. Mm-hmm. If you know us personally, we'll even accept a text message. It's yes. Okay. But it needs to be in writing because we forget things. Yeah. Don't tell us in person. Don't. Uh-uh. No. Put it in writing and send it to us. Text message, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, email. email. We love the email. That's that's good. Don't send it to me in Snapchat. I mean, I know you can save those, but it's just kind of a pain in the ass. Don't, yeah, don't do that. Don't do, don't do that. Don't do that. But yeah, tell us spooky stories. If you have spooky pictures. maybe Ooh, we like pictures. Maybe you went to a haunted place. We have a listener who uh, very graciously sent us some pictures of a spooky place that we'll be sharing oh with you. Oh my gosh, you. I can't wait to do hers. I know. It's going to be great. Ooh. So, get on it. Right now. It's going to sneak up on you. It's going to yeah, be here you, before you, you know it. You think you have more time, and then we're going to be like, all right, bitches, it's the deadline. And then you'll be sad because you didn't get your story. And then you'll in have here. to wait a whole nother year. Mm-hmm. Whole year. That's a lie. We'll take your stories anytime. But we want yeah, them right we'll now. We'll still take them, but we're not going to read them until next year if you miss the deadline. Yeah. So just do we it. We have standards. So go on ahead and do the damn thing. Mm hmm. All right, now. Go. All right. Go. Um, we're going to go. That, so and we're can... leaving. Get on it. I want your Bigfoot story. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzke for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagen for art. We'll talk at you next week.